Hey guys, this is the C3 Church Malmo podcast. I am believing God will speak to you today and that a greater level of faith will be unlocked in your life. For more information about C3 Church, go to c3malmo.se. God bless. All right, good morning, church. Good morning, church. All right, come on. Sun is shining outside. Getting a bit of uh, energy back into our lives, so it's great. Good to be in the house of the morning this morning, and I, um, I'm really excited that we are here today because uh, I really believe this message the Lord has put on my heart today is a message that's going to to really t- start a process of transformation in your life. I really do, and um, I believe that, of course, for all the messages that we preach, but today is a is a really special one, and. Um, as Justin said, that we're in our series right now called In Malma As It Is In Heaven, right? So In Malma As It Is In Heaven. And uh, we really believe in the transformational effect that the Lord will have in our church through your lives and the knock-on effect that's going to have in the city of Malma and beyond. So this series is really all about your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So all the series and all the messages and sermons that we preach are founded on Scripture, all right? We want to make sure that we preach out of the Word of God. This book, guys, is not a text filled with suggestions. It is a book there for us to apply the words to our lives. And when we do that, we're going to see a metamorphosis take place in our lives from within. And I'm convinced that these words will have the effect that you desire. The word inside will bring you joy, eternal joy. Many of us are walking around in this life seeking joy, but you will not find it other than within this text. So I want to I encourage you this morning to really commit your hearts and your ears and your minds this morning to this word, because this will change your life. It is not a suggestive, suggestive uh, text. It is word-transforming uh, words inside life-transforming words inside. All right, um, so again, we're in this, uh, this series called In Malma As It Is In Heaven, and we're using the parables of Jesus to, to share what it means to have kingdom uh, of heaven come down to earth. All right, so Jesus spoke many parables, especially in, in the book of, of um, uh, Matthew 13, where Apostle Christel preached out of, and uh, Justin will also be sharing about it as well too. And I'm going to be sharing today out of the parable of Matthew 25, where he spoke about the parables of the talent. And some, some translations speak of the, the parable of the gold bags. Some speak about uh, the bags of silver. So I'm going to kind of interchangeably use that terminology. So, you know, don't get concerned. I'm like, hey, man, is he really preaching the Bible? Or, you know, so just, yeah, just that you guys are aware, I will interchangeably use that terminology. But in the beginning of, of Matthew 25 and verse 1, Jesus um, shares the first parable about the ten virgins, and he starts off by saying that the kingdom of heaven is like this. Right? That's how he starts off. And then in verse 14 in, in chapter 25, he explains the second parable, and he says, again, it will be like. So when he refers to the word it, he refers to what he says in verses 1, the kingdom of heaven is like. And so this parable is all about the kingdom of of heaven and what it is like to be here on earth. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so the parable of the bag of gold or talents or, or silver is really a testimony about investment, right? And 
So I want to I share this short story about investment and how it didn't go so well for me. Right? It didn't go so well. So back in 2016, Stefan was there barbecuing with me on the corner in, uh, in Malmö, um, uh, at the Malmö Festival. But um, this fantastic idea came from apparently us. Uh, but my lovely wife said, oh, don't you think it would be a good idea if we started a sausage business and started selling sausage at Malmö Festival? And I thought that was a great idea. So who's going to do that? And she looked at me. She said, well, you. Who else do you think? So, so it went from we to me <laughs> in a moment. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, so there I found myself, um, you know, barbecuing. Stefan was there. Gideon was there. 2016, we're busy barbecuing sausage for all these people coming by. But I, I started off by thinking, all right, this stuff, yeah, I mean, the South African sausage is amazing. I mean, this little side business, because I myself still run today, is this, I mean, people are going to go crazy for it. So I went to go and spoke to the organizer of the event of Malmo Festival, and I asked him, so what was the, the, the food store that sold the most um, the most meals. Thank you, Lisa. Um, and so he said, well, it was this fish store that sold eight and a half thousand portions in the eight days. So I said, okay, let's go for it. I'm going to build this business case based on the, on, on the best case scenario. Mistake number one, don't ever do that. All right? Don't build your business on the best case scenario. So I, I did my calculations and I ended up, you guys are going to probably fall off your chair. So just hold on. Literally, I, I mean, hold on. I started off with 1.2 tons of sausage. I thought, we are going to sell 1.2 tons of sausage in eight days. Come on, people. We're going to sell sausage. And I was like, come on. And uh, lo and behold, so if, if you, so I, I weigh 85 kilograms now, could be a bit more in December period, but I weigh 85 kilograms right now. And so if you divide 85 kilograms by 1.2 tons or 1,200 kilograms, again, just to try and expand your mind around how much that is, it's about 14 Matthews on stage. 14 of us. 14 of us standing on stage. That's how much sausage I thought I was going to sell in eight days. Crazy. Yes, I know. I know, and lo and behold, we only sold, or sorry, <laughs> we consumed one quarter of that. Half of that quarter I had to throw away because it was rotten. Uh, and so we only sold one eighth of that. I spent the next year going to one festival after the other, trying to sell the sausage. Um, but anyway, that was not such a good investment. Not a good investment. Don't build your business on the best case scenario. I just want to advise you on that if you ever thought about starting a business. But this, this, this really, this, this parable that I'm going to be speaking about is all about stewardship. Is all about stewardship. And ultimately, stewardship, you know, when, when something is given to you, the question is, how well do you manage it? How well do you manage it? This, this, is, this is really what stewardship is all about. God's kingdom is all about multiplication. It's all about growth and expansion in life. Okay, so the point of this parable, and this is one key takeaway, and I think it might be on the screen. If, if not, sorry, I apologize. But how you invest your life for Jesus today will matter into eternity. How you invest your life for Jesus today will matter into eternity. I'm going to repeat that phrase at the end. I want you guys to remember it. That's a key phrase for this, for this message. So a talent back in the days of, of, of when Jesus was walking the earth was considered about 20 years of, of hard labor from a, a single person. 
And so often this parable of, this, of um, stewardship and the parable of the, of the talents is, is many times focused on, on finances and, and what we do with our finances. But I believe that God is trying to show us something more from, from this, this parable today. Stewardship is more than that. I believe it's about our entire lives. I believe that stewardship and what this parable is trying to share is about our entire lives. It's your life about within the area of your job, your family, your talents, your money, your gifting, your personality. And all of these culminated together, if you use them wisely, will be able to, to uh, fulfill the purposes God has placed us on this earth for. This is what I believe and this is what I want to share with us today about that. Our talents is more than just our finances, it's all areas in our lives. Church, let's take a moment and let's just pray this morning as we start. Father, I pray this morning that you will anoint my words with salt and season it with oil, Father. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you will guide and lead me this morning as I bring this message to your people. I pray, Father, for open hearts and open ears, Father. I pray that these words will not fall onto deaf ears, Lord, but they will be stitched to the hearts and the lives of the people before me. I praise you for all of this right now, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. All right, so just shake someone next to you and tell them we are going somewhere this morning. Shake them, don't shake them off the chair, but shake them and tell them we are going somewhere. Okay, so this morning I'm going to be revealing three truths that this parable in Matthew 25 shares. There's going to be three truths for those who've got your, uh, your notebooks or your maybe analog or your digital notepads on your phone. Please take some, uh, some notes this morning. There's going to be some gold that I'm going to be sharing with you. And definitely don't want you guys to miss anything. The first truth, and you'll see it on the, on the screen behind me, is everything you have is a gift from God. Everything you have is a gift from God. That is truth number one. If you think about your talents and you ask yourself this question, what are the unique opportunities that God has given me today? You might think about it in, in being the fact that it's your, your um, unique personality God has given you about the unique giftings God has given you, about the job, the friends, the family, the social network that God has given you. You can think about it, it's the, the finances that God has blessed you with. Some will have more and, and some will have less. In the end, all summed together is considered your talent. In the end, you're going to see yourself as either an owner or a steward over the talents that you have in this life. Here's the mentality of an owner. I own this, so whatever, you know, whatever I own, I can do whatever I want with it. Right? That's the mentality of an owner. The perspective of a steward is very, very different. We acknowledge that everything that we have is a gift from God, and we've been given responsibility over it to take care of it, to nurture it, to be a custodian over it. That is the difference between being an owner and a steward. Everything that has been given to us should be to the glorification of God and His kingdom. We are here to use it for God's purposes and not for our own. I want to encourage those that are parents in the house to do a bit of an experiment, right? So when you're done with church today, go to El Giganten or go to Media Mart or Net on Net or one of the electronic stores and go buy them a Nintendo Switch or go and buy them Sony PlayStation. Allow them to choose whatever game that they want to do. Let them choose it and let them hold it there in their hands and, 
and let them know, oh, wow, you know, you can see them jumping around as you're paying for it at the till. They're, they're really excited. I want you to go home as well, too, and you plug it in for them, put it on, and then after about 10 minutes of them playing, switch it off, pack it in the box. What's the reaction that you're going to get? That's mine! That's mine! No, it's not. No, it's not. It's not theirs. You bought it. You bought it with your own money for them. It's a gift that you have given to them. It's not theirs. They should be a good steward over it, yes. They should be a good custodian over it, yes. And in the same way it comes to God, you know, everything, you know, that we, that we look at, that we put our arms around, we many times say, this is mine. This is mine. And the principle is that we are stewards. We are not owners of the things that we've been gifted with in this life. Everything I have, my day job, I work 40 hours for an engineering firm in the med tech industry. Um, Christelle, myself, we lead this, this beautiful church, you guys, and we're very privileged to do that. We own a farm as well, too. All of that is a gift from God. We are stewards over what God has given us and what I have received as a, as a gift from God. But you might say to me, Matthew, but, you know, Matthew, I'm sorry, but I, I, I work hard for what I have and what I own. I work hard for, to own my house. don't know about you, but the bank owns my house. <laughs> um, <clears throat> car, I work hard to afford my car. Yes, you've got a contract with your employer. And yes, the house that you live in, the deeds to that house is owned by the bank. Uh, you need to have an internal mindset, guys, on this perspective. And this is what I really, what Jesus is trying to share with us through this parable of the talents or the, 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 the bags of gold, that we need to have an eternal mindset on the things that we own in this, or that we so-called own in this life. We cannot take what we have possession over or custodianship over in this life into the next one. Everything that we have in this life should be to the glorification of His kingdom, to the extension of His kingdom, so that we one day can receive our reward in heaven one day. And I'll get to that in, in section number two of my message. Everything that we so-called own, we are simply custodians over what's been given to us. We need to have an eternal mindset. Jesus is trying to help us to have an eternal mindset on the things that we have in this life. Everything that we have, our, our finances, our cars, our relationship, our jobs, our talents, everything that we have, we are stewards over these things that we've been gifted with. I want to ask you this question, and you'll see it on, this, on the slide behind me. How is what God has given you stewardship over in this life being a blessing to his kingdom here on earth? How is what God has given you to be a blessing for over this earth? What, what, what do you have that is being a blessing to the world around you? Think about that for a second. What have we not surrendered to God? We just come out of a series at the beginning of this year called All In. All In was all about surrendering your rhythms, surrendering your attention, surrendering your false self. All of those things were about surrender, surrendering your life over to Christ. What areas in your life are you not allowing access God to in your life? What are you withholding that is rightfully His? The principle is this, everything we have is a gift from God. 
The master gave his servants his talents, and we're going to read about that now in Matthew 25, 16 to 17, if you're wondering if I'm we're going to get around to some scripture. Here we go. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. Also, the one that received two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole, and he hid his master's money. Okay, so one guy who received five, five bags, he did something with it. He multiplied it, doubled his master's, his, his master's money. Same with the guy who received two he doubled that and he gave two back. The one third servant who had one talent pretty much didn't do anything with it. He sat on it, did nothing. So two very different strategies, investment strategies, two very, very different investment strategies and attitudes towards what has been given to them. Thank goodness for the guy who had received two talents, all right? So if, if Jesus only used an example of the guy with five talents and the guy with one, hey man, I'd be stretched. I don't know about you, but I feel like the melon milk, you know, the middle guy in, in this in the story over here. <laughs> really, it's like, I mean, not all of us are, are Billy Grahams and, and Bill Gates, you know, where they've got this massive amount of talent where they can just like double it. Thank goodness for the guy who's got two talents. Can I hear amen? <clears throat> all right. So... And, and that, that, that is so important to, to know that, you know, despite what has been given to you, you are being called to be faithful over what has been given to you. So this third person does the exact opposite compared to the other two guys. He pretty much uh, hides his master's investment in the ground. This church is sadly what we see, um, what we mostly see in modern day Christianity. And I have to ask him, of you sitting over here today, guys, and if you search your heart and Search deep within your heart. There might be some of you that say, hey, you know, I can associate with that, with that third person. If you had to draw a parallel between the story of the prodigal son, that son too made some unwise choices in how he invested his father's money or his inheritance. He used it in a way through, through immoral means. And the third person in the story didn't do anything immoral in, in, in that sense. And one can say, if you have to look at it from a church perspective, you would say the guy, that guy or that girl is, is someone who is in church every day, not doing anything immoral, right? But the point is that he didn't do anything with his master's money that was given to him. He just sat on it and did nothing with it. Instead of using that talent, that talent to be able to expand his master's money, to expand and to grow that investment, he did nothing. He just kept it as a personal thing to himself, hoarded it and said, this is mine, and did nothing with it. He never used it to be able to grow God's kingdom, expand God's, uh, God's kingdom here on earth. Matthew twenty-five nineteen. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled the accounts with them. All right? Master being God in this time, in this, in this instance, um, through the parable. So he returned and, and was going to settle accounts with them. In Matthew 24, verses 36, it says, that concerning the day and the hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. And what the Scripture is referring to, the second coming of Jesus Christ. Guys, you might feel that the return of Jesus is a long way off. And 
you might think, hey man, Matthew, thanks for this preaching, but um, I don't think I'm going to see it in my lifetime. I'm not going to get prepared for that second coming. I, I'm, I'm pretty happy where I am right now in my life, and I'm, I'm not, yeah, I, hey man, th- thanks for that, but, but I, I, want to, I want to explain to you guys that in the second truth that I'm about to share, it is important to get prepared. Truth number two, you will be held accountable for your life. You will be held accountable for your life. So you can see it on the screen behind me. So if you're taking notes. So after being away for a long time, the master calls his servants, or he calls C3 Church forward. He says, hey guys, come, I want to I hear, what, what have you guys done with what, what I've given you? And uh, show me what you've done with the investment that I've given you. Did you multiply it or did you just sit on it without any eternal significance? And so church, I need you to, to understand something. And out of my entire sermon today, what I'm about to say is probably the most important part. So I want you to really just focus and listen here right now. In that we need to understand that biblically speaking, there are going to be two judgments that will take place or two key moments of accounting that will take place in our lives. And the New Testament uh, mentions that. The first one is for those who have not accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. John writes about that in Revelations 20, verses 11 to to 15. It's it's not on the screen, but it's all about the the white throne judgment. It's, It's basically the judgment for those who have rejected Jesus Christ and rejected his love for them. All right? It's the good news, and, but there is good news for us, for those who have called Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior. The Word says that there will be no condemnation for those who find themselves in Christ Jesus. So important to, to know that, but there will be this first judgment for those who have not yet declared themselves uh, Christ followers and, and, and stitched Christ to their hearts and have declared Jesus Christ Lord and Savior. And I'm going to give people an opportunity to come pray with me afterwards if that's you today. The second judgment that we read about in First and, and, and Second Corinthians, and I'm going, to, I'm going to get to that now in a moment, but this is not a judgment for the people that follow Jesus Christ, sorry, uh, so that have rejected Jesus Christ. Those, this judgment is for those that declare themselves as, as Christ followers. That, um, this is going to be a moment where we stand before Jesus, our whole life is going to be laid before Jesus, and all of our investments are going to be placed before Him. It's going to be exposed and and, and was our investment truly for Jesus, or was our investment only for ourselves? In 1 Corinthians 3, verses 13 to 15, it says this, And their work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the, fire, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet be saved, even though only as one escaping through the flames. Church's passage basically says that we will be standing before Christ one day on the second account of what we've been given and how well we've managed the talents that Jesus has given us in our lives. Whatever we've built for Jesus, whatever we've invested with Jesus, Man, you're going to receive an amazing reward. The Bible says it. It's not, it's not me saying it. It's, like I said, this is not suggestive text. It is the truth. And we build our, our, our lives on this. And whatever you build for yourself, whatever you build for selfish ambition will be withered away in the fire one day when we stand before him. Friends, 
I want you to, to, to really take this, text, this piece of text super seriously. It's not, again, it's not, you know, you can't escape this, this, this piece of text. You, you, you know, you can't, um, you can't ignore it. it. It's something that is, that is real. And so the second accounting of our lives, Jesus is going to ask us to, he's going to lay our lives before us and say, hey, you know, I've given you these talents. What have you done with it? How have you expanded my kingdom? Has it been for yourself or has it been for the expansion of my house? And so I just, I just, want, to, I just want to share with you guys this day this question. Um, is your investment in your life today in preparation for that day? Is your investment in your life in preparation for that day? Let's continue to read in Matthew 25, verses 20 to 23. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entered, sorry, you entrusted me with five bags of gold, and see, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, and good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things, and I will put in charge of, uh, of, of you will be put in charge of many things. Come and share in the master's happiness. Then the man with two bags also came and said, Master, you trust me with two bags. Here I've gained two bags more. And his master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things, and I put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. Church, I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to the day to hear those words. All that the Lord has given us, Christelle, myself, we, we want to make sure that our lives are a blessing to you and to the people of this world. And I want to hear those words. I'm longing for those words one day. Good and faithful servant. And I hope you do as well. Third truth uh, <clears throat> you'll see on the screen coming up now. Truth number three. <clears throat> Excuse me. There's a great reward in taking risks for Jesus. There is a great reward for taking risks for Jesus. The first two servants, man, they, they took some risk. They took some risk. They invested the master's money and they were able to return the, the master's uh, assets with, with interest. Your life will be anything but boring if you take, uh, <clears throat> should you take a risk for Christ in this world. Your life will be anything but boring if you take a risk for Jesus. The Christian life, guys, the, the fact that we have submitted our lives to Christ, the fact that we've laid down our life for Jesus is in fact a risk because you know the world will look at you and say, "Man, you you crazy, you crazy. Well, what are you doing?" A few weeks ago, um, I told you that Christelle quit her job to work for this church and be paid for this church. We're going to start doing that from from Jan, uh, July uh, this uh, in, in this year. And in the worst or the most challenging economical times, um, people might think that, "Wow, Matthew, you you're kind of crazy." And every morning when I sit in silence and I pray, read the word, I'm going to be honest with you, I, I do sit and second guess myself. It's like, oh, Lord, have we really made the right decision? Have we made the right decision? And when I sit there in silence, I hear this question come up in my mind every morning when I sit there. Matthew, do you trust me? Matthew, do you trust me? On Friday morning when I was standing at, uh, on our wooden deck, the back of our house, for those who've been there, 
I was just sitting there and I was, or standing there and I was just standing there in silence and just listening. I was just listening. And I heard the birds chirping away. The birds were singing. I mean, there was like an explosion in our little back garden. Or, oh, sorry, our back garden. It's quite a large garden. All the trees. And I was reminded of this text in Matthew 6, verses 26 to 27. Jesus said, look at the birds in the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than them? Can any one of you, by worrying a single hour, add to your life? Guys, our, our Christian lives and the walk that we do in our this life, it's a risky life, man. We don't play it safe. I don't advocate gambling, but hey, man, we, we, we roll the dice sometimes in this life in a way that, like, Lord, I, I, I'm really trusting you on this area. I'm really trusting you in this area. I really believe that you're going to provide for us. We're going, to, we're going to quit our job to serve this church. There's many examples in the Bible of those that took risks. We can go to one individual. He's well known. Noah. Everyone know Noah? Built this large boat to host a whole bunch of animals and his family. He built this boat with his family over 100 years. <laughs> you can imagine the ridicule that he would have received in that period of time. Like, hey man, Noah, I think, I think you've lost it. And you, you can imagine, he probably would, I mean, like 100 years, that's like a long time. All right? that's, that's a long time. And, he, and there was probably a few occasions he was like, oh, phew. I mean, these guys are probably right. These guys are probably right. I'm, I'm sure that, that thought must have, if he was a human being, that thought must have crossed his mind. But he continued to trust God. And there was a single day, there was a single day when the rain from heavens started pouring down and where the water started welling up from the ground. He went from being known as crazy Noah to wise Noah. From crazy Noah to being wise. Why? Because he listened to God. He trusted God. All the animals were in that boat with him. His family was there. He and his family alone were saved. Every risk taken in obedience for Jesus is worth it. Every risk taken in obedience for Jesus is worth it. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Faithful servants are rewarded with greater responsibility, guys. Many of us are sitting here today trying to find true joy in life. Through the things that we have, like, let's just acquire some more. Let's just get some more. Let's just have some more. They're trying to find that joy in life. But guys, I just want to encourage you today that true joy will be found investing yourself in Him. In Him is where true joy in this life will be found. Not everyone has the same amount of talents, guys. Some will have five, some will have two, some will have one and that's kind of how, how life is. But the good news, the good news is that your reward is not dependent on the number of talents that you have, but it will be based on the faithfulness with what you do with the talent that you have. Your reward in heaven in one day will not be based on the amount of talent that you have, but what you have done with it and the faithfulness that you showed. I'm going to ask you this question. You'll see it behind me as well. 
What have you done with what God has given you? What have you done with what God has given you in this life? If you can say, well, maybe not much, then I want to, cha- I want to encourage you guys to come forward for prayer. And maybe there's an opportunity for repentance in this area. Say, so Matthew, you know, I haven't done much with it, but I've realized that God has given me so much and I haven't been using it for the expansion of his kingdom. So it didn't work out so well for the third servant. Didn't work out so well. Didn't end so well. He, he kind of like in defense of, of himself when he was approached by the master saying, hey, you know, show me what you've done with your investment. He falsely accuses the, the master of being the person who sows uh, or reaps where he doesn't sow and, and, and accuses him with an, of a number of other things. And it also goes to show that this, this servant didn't really know the heart and the character of his master. Let's read in Matthew 25, 24 to, to 30. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you're a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and I went out and hid your gold or silver or these talents that I have. See, here's what has belonged to you. Here, I, I give it back to you. The master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I... Uh, you knew that I harvest where I have not harvest and gathered where I have not um, scattered seed. Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I return, I could have received it back with interest. So take this bag from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. For whoever has given given more, they will have abundance. And uh, And whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And, thrown in, uh, and throw this worthless servant out into the darkness where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Or if you're my wife, garnishing of teeth. For those who joined us in the last message, you would have heard that. <coughs> anyway, go and listen to her message. If you haven't, you'll get the joke. Um, so church, let me remind you of the main point today. How you invest your life today will matter in eternity. How you invest your life today will matter in eternity. We, we, we're on earth for a very, very short space of time and you, if you compare it to eternity. What we invest here on earth will matter in eternity. I'm going to wrap up now. I'm just going to ask the band to come up. The, 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 the third servant um, had the same opportunities as the other servants. He had the same opportunity to love the master. He had the same opportunity to be able to to embrace what the master had given him, invest as well to, despite what was given to him. The the servant stood before uh, the master and needed to account for for what was given to him. And and the same will apply to us one day in heaven. We will have to account for what has been given to us. Church, this is a warning to us that I've just read for us. What talent God has given us, all of that matters. Let's be faithful with God, for, for what God has given to us. Let's be faithful and invest what God has given to us. Jesus is interested in us finding joy in this life. This is really what this parable is all about. It's saying that you will only find true joy when looking for it, when you, you'll find that in Him. You will only find true joy in this life, not in the things of this world, not the earthly possessions that you have, not the job title that you have and the job that you do. And that's, and I just, I want to bless you for, for, 
for, for being in the industry and, and we really appreciate that and it's wonderful and I, I'm also in the industry still as well. And that, that's great, guys. But what it all really comes down to is trying to find true joy and you will only really find true joy in Him, in the Word. I want to leave you with three really important questions this morning and I want you to take note of these and again, just write them down if you need to. Do you really believe, do you really believe that everything that you have is in fact a gift from God? Do you really believe that everything you have is in fact a gift from God? Everything that you have, your job, your finances, your children, your spouse, your friendships, your talents, your giftings, the complete life that you have, do you believe it's a gift from God? Number two, do you really believe you'll be held accountable for your life? Do you really believe you'll be held accountable? Again, church, let's not ignore this. There's going to be two accounts one day. Have you given your heart to Jesus Christ? And have you done amazing things with what the Lord has given you on this earth to be faithful with that? Question number three, can you be described as a good and faithful servant. Can you be described as a good and faithful servant? When it comes to your job, are you a good and faithful servant? When it comes to your spiritual giftings, are you a good and faithful servant? When it comes to your finances, are you a good and faithful servant? When it comes to your marriage, are you a good and faithful servant? When it comes to your time, are you a good and faithful servant. Church, you might be sitting here this morning and you don't know what it means to be a good and faithful servant. You might be sitting here and you say, Matthew, I can only really truly identify with that third servant. Search the depths of your heart this morning. Say, I can only truly identify with that third servant. And if that's here, and if that's you today, and you might say in the same way that the third servant said, I don't really know the master. I don't really know his character. I'm going to invite you forward for prayer and give your heart to Jesus Christ this morning so that you can receive eternal life. But if you're sitting here and you've given your heart to Christ already and you can say, Matthew, I need to repent. I need to repent of the lack of use of the gifts the Lord has given me in this life. When it comes to my finances, when it comes to my, my work, when it comes to my relationships, when it comes to my talents, I need to come and repent. And I would love to pray with you, Christelle, Justin, myself, be in the front of you, whoever you're comfortable to come and pray with. I want to pray with you this morning so that you can give your heart to Jesus Christ. And so that also you can find yourself walking in true, true use of the talents in your life. All right. Let's take a moment, church, and let's close our eyes and let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, we thank you for this morning. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for conviction that you put in our hearts and the areas that are mentioned we haven't given our heart to Jesus we haven't totally surrendered our lives over to him
and our talents. I pray, Father, that you will speak to people this morning. You will minister to them. Encourage them to come forward for prayer, Father. Church, this may be one of the biggest steps that you make, or it will be one of the biggest step that you take in your life. Giving your heart to Jesus. Also coming forward for prayer and, and how to expand the use of your talents. I pray, Father, that you will go with everyone today this morning. Your kingdom come. Your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen.